Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and in my favorite boombox is my good friend, David William Rogers. Hello to you. This is David William Rogers. I don't play for the Dodgers. That's, that's the only <laughs> rap I'm doing for this, even though it's throughout this whole movie. That's, that's, I'm done for the. <laughs> I was like, is that a hate crime? I guess it's not. <laughs> Uh, David, what is the film we are doing today? The film we are doing is Kazam, 1996, directed by Paul Michael Glasser. Uh, writing credits go to Paul Michael Glasser and Christian Ford and Roger Suffer. This stars Shaquille O'Neal, Francis Capra, which is in one of my old-time favorites, I would say, The Bronx Tale. Um, okay. which uh, he got discovered on great flick a um, couple other people I think the guy from um, what is that is it Jesse Perez uh, maybe he was in the you know the guy vote for Pedro oh yeah 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 he was he is in a couple scenes I Napoleon Dynamite Napoleon Dynamite yeah so this might have been one of his first roles and he doesn't look like he aged that much since this which is huh. pretty wild to see but uh yeah interesting movie I remember this from you know, childhood, uh, big Shaq Diesel. I think his second album came around out about the same time. Um, love Shaq, love what he's about. And it's just, it's an interesting movie. Had you seen this or heard about this movie? Before? Never seen it. Never heard of it. Although, weirdly, I there's a phenomenon that I want to talk about um, briefly in the now, and then we'll just forget it or we can talk about it later. But um, there is this weird thing in society where people think that they saw a movie that was actually about like uh, Sinbad called Shazam. It's called the Mandela effect. Yeah. And mm. it, this didn't exist. This movie, it does not exist. And people have like vivid memories of it, like remembering it. So I think I thought I saw that movie or something. Uh, I think it, it was a skit he did on a Nickelodeon show. So he dressed okay. up like a yeah, genie. So, but people like fully remembered a different movie. So yeah. no, I didn't really, hadn't really heard about this movie. Uh, I kind of knew Shaq did acting. He's, I'd say Shaq's like kind of one of my heroes. I see videos of him out in the community, like buying random kids bikes. And he just seems like a really good dude. And then to see him in this like silly movie was pretty fun. So no, but I had no idea about any of it, but we will talk about that right after we do two things. We've got to do the synopsis. David, it's your turn. And we've also got a guest today. Hooray. It's your turn. I did. uh, Oh, fine. Okay. Well, this is a movie about a magic boombox that a white kid finds in uh, an inner city area. And he basically gets the genie and three wishes. He like has a bad relationship with his mom and his new stepdad. And then he goes to find his scumbag father who turns out to be some kind of like grifter dude that runs a nightclub. And basically, you know, the tropes of the three wishes, blah, blah, blah. Um, It all works out in the end. The end. Go watch it. It was from the... From the late 90s. Am 96, I crazy? 96. <laughs> it's this illness. But yeah, no, we'll jump into it more. But basically, it's a genie story with a very, very tall guy in it. And he gets, you know, he gets his freedom at the end. So we'll dive into it. But before we do, David, we have a guest today. Who are we welcoming on the podcast? Eddie. Eddie Hemphill. Hemphill. Yeah. That's it. How Eddie Hemphill, Eddie? Yes. Eddie is 
a television and podcast producer born and raised in Grand Prairie, Texas. He has co-produced and created the podcasts Deeper Cuts, Therefore I Am, How We Breathe, and Finding Our Way. So shout out to those. Go check out those podcasts. Um, Last year, Eddie was associate producer on HBO Max's Eyes on the Prize, Hallowed Ground, and is currently... And how I met him, a creative exec, or sorry, a creative producer slash creative executive, I guess, producing and developing um, scripted content at Fieldhouse, which is a pod within CBS Studios. Eddie also has a background in organizing, fundraising, and supporting social movements. He's a writer and filmmaker who works often to look at opening up conversations about who we need to be to create the future that we want. And then he said at the bottom, that's where it is hell. But I think that's it. And so then I read it. Look, so. I'm so, thank you for reading that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm terrible at talking about myself, as everyone now knows. But um, yeah, I'm not that stuffy. That's a stuffy bio. No, you got to have it. You got to have a good know. bio mm-hmm. that you can be like, what's up? It's this wor- is me. I'm a real person. It's a work in progress. Eddie, tell us, tell us about your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to meet you, man. I appreciate you being on the pod. Yeah. yeah. No, but let's talk a little bit more about your experience. So I just met you recently, but we instantly vibed and you were like, oh yeah, I have worked on all these podcasts. And I was like, guess what? I have a podcast. You <laughs> should come on it with David and I. But t- talk us through your jer- journey, like Texas to LA, you know, working in TV yeah. across mediums. Like, tell us your story. How did you get here? Yeah, my story. Um, yeah. So I had to shout out Grand Prairie. Nobody knows what that is. That's Dallas. Let me translate. Um, I but, heard of it. There's a show, I believe, called Dallas. It's a oh yeah, yeah. It's a very it's a political satire, right? No, <laughs> Actually, I really love the remake of Dallas. Okay, okay. I, don't, I don't know why I told that publicly, but uh, I do love that show. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up in in Texas. Kind of ran away as soon as I could um, when I was about twenty. Finished school, came to LA. Um, it did not work out the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the opportunity to move to Honolulu, um, where I, you know, I spent most of my 20s, actually, six, seven years, was doing kind of some of the organizing work, fundraising around like maternal child health, some environmental organizations. Surfing, I hope. I did do some surfing, um, but I also helped build this kind of like storytelling organization that was talking about kind of like Black and Native Hawaiian struggles and where they intersect um and that was kind of how the filmmaking began doing kind of storytelling for that organization and then i got the opportunity to kind of like support larger national social movements with media and and broadcasting and and filmmaking this is like the abridged version for sure but that turned into tv development um and so now i'm at fieldhouse like like my very long bio said which is making tv for cbs essentially Great. That's what's mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So how do like producing for TV and producing for podcasting differ in not the obvious way, which is one is mm. medium of eyes and one is medium of ears? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's there feels like quite a bit of overlap and the overlap is like becoming greater and greater. You know, I, I feel like people are looking to podcasts to like BIP much more often than they were probably three years ago. That's probably where I'm really looking to um, to kind of find the next narrative story that folks may not know yet. But it, you know, it, it's actually it's it's pretty similar. I don't know if I said this to you guys earlier. I've been doing it for a while, at least the podcasting, and I'm glad it's getting the respect it deserves. Finally. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's what I yeah. do this podcast for is to, it's respect. respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, people, I mean, people used to just spit on me in the streets, but then I told them I have a podcast. <laughs> and now... Oh, she's like, no yeah. pictures. Well, please. I said the respect it deserves. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah. you meant we. Sorry, I just have to open up this booty oh, sweat real quick. Where'd, I decided where'd you to get that? go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pineapple booty sweat. No, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to talk about the different mediums. I mean... You're absolutely right. Like storytelling is kind of across all different things. Talk to us about working with um, sort of underrepresented communities in Hawaii. That's obviously something that we bonded over as well. Yeah. And Paris, I know you suggested us like watching a movie that's based in Hawaii, but I didn't want to set myself up to like, uh-huh. you know, get into trouble. I don't feel like I'm the person to to do that. But um, I mean, listen, all day long I read pitches. It's like, Okay, listen up. It's a white kid yes. in Hawaii, yeah, yeah. and we should. Your company should sign off on it. And I'm like, no, we're not going to make. <laughs> we're not going to make that show that currently just came out and has a second season. <laughs> that will not be named. Yes, we'll bleep that out. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. It's really interesting. There was a health center that I worked with called Kokua Kalihi Valley. Really, one of the most innovative kind of spaces. They, you know, they started off as a dental clinic in Kalihi, which is historically where the latest immigrant population to the islands, um, that's where they land, that's where it's affordable. So they started off as a dental clinic in the 50s there. You know, now they they have optometry, dental care, primary care. They own 100 acres in the back of the valley where they grow food. Um, wow. They do all this kind of connecting work between farmers and, and you know, folks who can utilize their food stamps to, to access fresh food. So they're actually one of the most innovative and like I got there and I realized so many programs were modeled after this kind of health center that's in the back of the valley that folks don't really um, know about when they come to the island. So yeah, I mean, it was it was really beautiful to kind of see that. that what, what in your life made you get that spark where you said like, I want to be involved in some of these things in my life? Was there like a certain point you can touch to where you're like, yeah, this this feels good and I want to do more of this. I don't know. I think I I was just like I was like, he found a boom box and this guy came yeah, out. Yeah, and then Shaq popped out and I was, <laughs> and like, was like, I and got you said, three you're wishes. Work, I own you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we're gonna get into that. Let's talk about I'm it. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 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 No, it's just yeah. it's good to you know, like to hear you talk about it, right? You can tell that you're you're passionate about it and that you spent time in it, right? Mm. Consistency is a big thing with anything. And when you're looking to help people, that consistency, it, it's, you know, it's, it's very big, so. Yeah. It's also very brave to move from somewhere like Texas to somewhere like Hawaii, very different. Had you been to Hawaii before you moved out there? Yeah, I had, uh, my sister-in-law is from Kauai, so I had visited a couple times. And then this organization that I kept kind of running into, they were an environmental organization, um, they eventually were like, do you want to work here? And I moved. Uh-oh. No, that's awesome. Well, we're going to pepper in some more questions about your career and stuff as we move through the movie. But let's talk about this film, Kazam, 1996. Although I didn't know what year it was because we've been watching a lot of 80s movies. And I'm like, there's like a flavor to some movies between like 1989 and like 1997 where it's like, mm. all the executives were like, you know what's cute? cheesy shit uh and bright colors and Mm. lots of covers of popular songs which you know i'm sure people will say there's a flavor to the movies that are coming out right now but eddie why did you choose this film okay so you asked me uh to think about some movies and i had an immediate brain freeze and i i like listed out five movies that i love Mm -hmm. and then i was like 
I wrote Kazam for some reason, um, which I have like a fond memory of, but it's one of those movies that didn't stick with me, honestly, like through adulthood. Like I can tell you everything about the five heartbeats, I can, like all those other movies on the list, but this one, maybe because I, I had the inclination, I was like, this probably ages would, poorly. Would be a good one to discuss on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got to say, I had a good time. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. Let's yeah. talk about it. So it was my first time seeing it. David, you had seen it as a kid. Yeah. Okay. So what do we think then about rewatching it as, as an adult? Because my first immediate thought was hold the <laughs> fucking phone. <laughs> a white kid from this like shitty area is going around talking about how he owns this black <laughs> genie guy. Ah, don't feel good about that yeah i mean up until that point i'm like all right it's seemed a little little cornier to me uh this watch because like the rapping was so bad and (laughs) it felt like some of the writing too and i know how hard it is to make a movie to get things you know greenlit but it just seemed like there is there is some trouble to start watch while I watching this thing, and I'm just like I was cringy a little bit, um, but yeah that that moment stuck out to me, Paris, when he's like I own you, and I was like there's multiple phrases mm-hmm. you could have used, but I think it's it's so funny because it made me think of like I feel like the late '80s, early '90s people were having such were like looking for super creative ways to essentially have white folks tell black people what to do on screen. Like I think about, I think it was like a conscious decision. I don't know. I I feel like it might have been could be unconscious too. Yeah. I don't know if it was, maybe for some people it was conscious, but I feel like it was just like a pushback on the time. And um, Mm. there's this really great book by Justin Gomer. He talks about, it's called white balance. And he talks about how attitudes shaped policy shaped movies on the screen and talks about like, um, during the 80s and the pushback to um, affirmative action and all these things um, playing out in like movies like Rocky or whatever. But I just think, I think about different strokes. I think about Driving Miss Daisy. I think about like First Kid. It, it's just playing out these power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, Even in this movie, yeah. the teacher that he kind of was like really sassy to and she was like, kind of this tropey totally. sassy black lady and he's like talking back to her i found that to be first of all i would never uh, i'm Ms. too afraid of Mrs. people in power Duke. like i would never speak to a teacher the way and he was so disrespectful to her i was like excuse yeah, me yeah he's like kid? mrs like, duke sucks and it kept saying that uh, yeah and then she's just like yeah he's trying to be a class uh, clown I-, I love i'm gonna have to check out that book that sounds really interesting eddie oh yeah it's great it's a really good book but it's funny you know it also reminds me, like, why was every kid in the 90s that was bad named Max? You know? Like, yeah. yeah. The bad kid. I feel I, like I, they had one one name for, like, the bad kind of white kid. It was yeah. always Maximilian or whatever. Now that I'm so thinking fun. about it, I feel like this was a high-budget Pepsi commercial that they threw <laughs> yeah. Shaq into, right? Just It felt like it was just kind of rammed down your throat, and it was like, oh, does Pepsi anybody was... that was involved with this outside of Shaq, like has they ever been to any kind of community like this you know Mm -hmm. what i mean or been in a a city like that that's you know a little bit low on funds because it just seemed off to me 
<laughs> like yeah. they were out of touch with with you know people from that kind of community just like the the words that they use the 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 it felt it was, very forced, it was too much I think. even in the clubs like those songs i don't know if they couldn't get clearance from any other popular <laughs> songs i was thinking about that while watching i was like i don't know any of these that were being played like in the club you know what i mean and i was just listening to uh, i saw something it was like download a podcast um from when you were 10 or sorry, not a podcast, uh, like a playlist from when you were 10 and to kind of get that nostalgia. So I was doing that all last weekend. And that's like kind of around this time. And I was like, there's so many good songs. And I don't, mm. these are all like really, really cheesy. Um, I, I have to put a little bit of, you know, this is where I give it a couple of points. Okay. Because we get a cameo from the brat, yeah. which yeah. was excellent but and none wonderful of her, none of her music like, not her right? music yeah. But, I, yeah but we got spinderella no. i don't know what she was singing exactly. but <laughs> so maybe they're two different points it's like i'm glad i saw these people on on the screen but yeah it was like yeah. i feel like a kid or someone who knew would be like oh my god look who it is you know it's just like a fun yeah. where's wally kind mm-hmm. of of people but i mean for me the highlight of this movie is obviously Shaq. like to see him, let's talk about his character. Which Wait, can I ask one question? Yeah. You said where's Wally? Yeah. Oh, you guys say where's Waldo? Oh. Oh. Okay. Got it. I didn't even know what you're talking about, Paris. I was like, I don't know. What that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like ninety percent of our conversations. David's like just agreeing with me, yeah. and same with my partner. Like, oh, he has okay. no fucking clue. No one yeah. has like. But. Isn't that funny? You guys say "Where's Waldo," that's the and title. Australians love to just put it like an e sound. Sunny's Wally. Oh, yeah. They couldn't just call him Waldo. <laughs> I was going to say that's okay. that's his name. But anyway, so yeah, so Shaq is obviously the best part of this movie. I mean, we did do Space Jam, and it was really fun to see like those guys. But I think we can all agree, like Shaq is just oh, God. I really hope that I'm not saying this, and then like some terrible story about Shaq <laughs> comes out like tomorrow. But like. He just seems like such a nice guy. Just like so down to like make fun of himself. Just so sweet and hilarious. I don't know. Did yeah. you guys obviously love seeing Same. This, this was his second movie. Uh, Blue Chips was his first, yeah. which is a great basketball film. For See, co- I've never college seen college that basketball. either. It's amazing. Uh, and he, he was really good in that role. Uh, I was reading this article. It's just like Shaq shines on camera. So mm-hmm. it's hard even in a movie like this. Um you know he oh he was easily the best part yeah and you just you just want to watch everything he does and he's just uh yeah i I love Shaq. he can't help it that his feet are giant (laughs) scuba flippers like that was one thing that i there was one scene where he was walking down the street and i was like god damn that guy's feet are humongous like he just looks like he's wearing boats on his feet um but yeah no he's hilarious what did you guys think of his rapping and his rhyming and his you know eddie what do you think Look, y'all, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's not good. But I I had a great time. Like, <laughs> two large, one medium? Pizza's here to break up the tedium? Like, that's... <laughs> that is a good ride. Isn't I'm that sure what pizza up... does? It breaks yeah. up the tedium. I, I like the initial raps. When he first got out of the uh, boombox oh, yeah. and he was spitting some stuff, I'm like, okay. Like, rocking with him a little bit. But then, like, when he starts getting some, you know, some cred in the club and he's, like, trying to do, like, too much, that's when they kind of started losing me a little bit. But, yes, I did like his raps to start off. Because he was speaking about who he was, where he came from, 
mm. right? And throwing some of that, uh, I don't even know, like that history with, with gins and genies, stuff like that. Mm. I, I feel like this movie came out at a time when genies were like a hot topic, right? Like Aladdin had come out. And then I think a month before, sorry, a month after this came out, <clears throat> the second Aladdin movie came out, which I have never seen. I don't know if you guys have even heard of it. It was like kind of a... I saw that, but I, I didn't even know that was it was made. <clears throat> yeah, I think so Disney I likes to like sneak in these like sequels and prequels and things and like they're not as high budget, but I'll definitely go watch it now that I know that it exists. It's apparently like the same exact storyline as this. Do you think yeah. the subject matter was dark? I read some of that too. Like this isn't your typical um Disney <laughs> movie for kids, right? Because uh his background and you know I mean yeah. They were talking about stealing gold chains and Rolexes from the beginning. I was like Oh, these are these are, these are criminals. <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting. These are it's not just bullies. These guys are like really on a bad path. Yeah, they're organized. But um, well, the area was clearly not supposed to be like so affluent, right? Like where he hang hung out. But then his mom was like very much like the pearl wearing like totally. stern mother, and the dad was or sorry, the stepdad. He was a firefighter or a cop. I couldn't. Yeah, quite so place. I mean that's that's like blue collar. She was saying she's working too two shifts and wanted him to clean that's like the only day so i I get that it's just Mm -hmm. um yeah disney movies aren't really it's true it's sort of darker and then you know the father his biological father who he eventually meets up with like he's getting like physically threatened and stuff yeah Yeah, threatened to beat up that one guy that dude was that dude threw max off uh elevator shaft like he was oh yeah that dude was a savage (laughs) i know i wonder how many people went to see it in the movies i know that it didn't do too well it didn't do like as horribly as they thought but um shaq got a seven million for this so good for him uh, eddie do you remember this i don't know it pairs to like if you guys watched cribs uh back in the day but shaq had an episode and he talks about that he got a car for making this movie because i kept trying oh. to find the article for that because i remember the episode maybe this is another mandela effect <laughs> but then all, i also saw that he got the seven million so i don't know you know if, if either you remembered huh. that episode of um cribs maybe he maybe he got a car and the seven million. could have you know? or you, that's or so interesting yeah. i you know i was a religious cribs watcher but i don't remember that episode i'm gonna have to dig it up because i definitely want to see where shaq lives or lived in the 90s you know his house is like definitely much bigger than whatever (laughs) that was (laughs) his bed is just like a room like with a mattress like built into it his bed is that car now probably yeah his bed is that car his his shirts are like tents like those tents that used to run under in preschool did you guys ever do that you'd like run under where you play like cat cat and mouse it was like the multicolored yeah. Um, anyway, well, I thought Jack did a great job. I thought Max was a brat, and I wanted to smack him <laughs> in the face. Um, let's talk about the race because it is obviously we we were touching on it with like Max saying that he owns uh, Shaq's character Kazam. Also, online I was reading that people were like, "Oh, okay, so the, the Middle Eastern guy is like the bad guy," and it was very like stereotypical. And I think that's a problem that we still see in movies today. What did you guys think about that? I mean, Jafar. Like if they're yeah. if, if they mm. rob this all from Aladdin, I mean it's kind of like right there. And and so there's two things with that. You could say like they could have picked like a white guy to be the bad guy, but then we'd be talking about that right on this podcast. Like they didn't, they could have cast somebody. And then there was a connection there, right? So that bad guy knew 
um, found out that he was a genie and like believed in that, right? Because he was talking in in a certain language. Shaq knew that, and he's like, ah, "I kind of got you." That's that's how I kind of looked at it. I'm still I'm still unpacking a little bit. Like, I think I was expecting it to be much worse on that kind of level of um, this. You know, this genie representation. It, I think it's bad. Um, and you know, like the the take off the pointy shoes comment. I think like. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think I do think the like, I think they did an interesting job of actually giving backstory. Um, like when when Shaq kind of tells you how he became a genie, I'm like, yeah, okay. When I think about that time period, there there could have been someone who looked like Shaq in the mix around here. He definitely had an American accent as well. In the he did he did five hundred five thousand years. but I'm just like. I do think that they did some kind of attempt to explain things, but still it boils down to like your big bad is kind of yeah who was the big bad of uh, this era in general in in film and in these in these. It was people of Arabic descent, yeah, for sure. But yeah. to my to my point, I see what you guys are saying. I'm thinking of like true lies, things like that, and just mm-hmm. the situation the U.S. was in with other countries at that time. The conflict. It's always bad guys in Hollywood come from people yeah, were in conflict in with zeitgeist. yeah but to to that if they were trying to make the connection i would have to go back and look at like history of where you know the mythology of genies come from but if it's from the middle east you would want that uh guy playing the heavy or whatever the bad guy to have some connection to that because he did he did start you know figuring that out and if that's his culture he would be able to see that than having some other random bad guy not knowing what shack is yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good connection. I just think, yeah, I think in the maybe it's like looking at this movie in the context of like other movies, and it was always like, yeah, people who were different were the bad guys, you know, the Middle Easterns, or um, a lot of times it was Russians, I think as well, like post Cold Cold War. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been like thinking more about how we divide each other in society, you know, and how we kind of ostracize one culture or another depending on like you know something that's happened. I was just watching uh, Pachinko, which I'm so, so behind on, but you know, it's really interesting to, to learn more about like the Japanese Korean conflict and like how Koreans were scapegoated in Japan. At least, you know, that's the story that this show is putting forth. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think representation matters. I think it's interesting to see because, you know, we have experienced a rise in hate crimes in this country post COVID, you know, because people go around calling it the China flu and that's just, I just think we have to be so careful, like how we categorize people. And that's my little high horse that I will dis- uh, dismount, dismount yeah, from it's, now. It's uh, valid, but like to this movie, I, I'm wondering if it kind of like, no, I see what you're saying with the stand over sure. there. Yeah. For yeah. that villain to, to make that connection of who Shaq yes. is. Totally, totally hear you. Well, I was just going to say, I think like, to that same effect, it's the reason that they're even telling this story is like, uh, like some kind of Orientalism, right? Is so it's, mm. it's like even if it does make sense within the the confines of the story, why are they telling the story? What's the angle? Like whose perspective are we following? Um, I think all of those things factor into. Yeah. How can we make I'm, money with Shaq? <laughs> you have to put him in. Make uh, him a genie. Find a script. <laughs> find a script for Shaq. Let's make some money in the off season. Yeah. <laughs> he uh yeah so he made seven million dollars off this film i read that 
you know, and at his in his time during the NBA, he actually made just over two hundred eighty six million dollars total. So obviously, this was kind of a drop in the bucket compared to what he would go on to make. But you can imagine being like kind of a young player, just taking sort of every opportunity. It's why I don't really fault like '90s celebs when you do catch them in these like random commercials, especially. Um, was Pepsi a sponsor of Shaq? Was Pepsi a sponsor of this movie? I'm so confused. Someone please explain it to me. Why do you, why do you mention that? Because I said it was like a big Pepsi commercial? No, because, yeah, Pepsi was appearing in like so many scenes. Oh, well, then it got me subconsciously because I, I just threw Pepsi out there just because. Are you serious? Yeah. What? Yeah. You remember the scene like it, the bottle, like the can spins and then he steps on oh, it? Oh, okay. Yeah, see? There was so many. There was like when he, when he was uh, dreaming of one of his wishes is that he wants like junk food up to the sky and i just noticed that like there was so it was literally like chips and pepsi that was <laughs> yeah. it yeah so there it is you know they the marketing got works. you but i also i did see the Reebok that max was rocking and they signed shack shack was uh with Reebok at the time okay so mm. yeah so i was wondering if um pepsi was like you know sponsoring shack or if it was the film or I don't know. It's just so interesting to see Pepsi in movies like from the 90s because you're like now they like work so hard to like have no labels, I feel like. Mm, it's true. It's and it, so. you know, going back to some of these 90s movies, I just always it always strikes me how much they are commercials. Yeah. <laughs> um and how they were not hiding it in a certain sense, but Yeah, mm-hmm. getting that hero shot of like the Pepsi can <laughs> before they yeah. smash it. <laughs> yeah drinking it from the side Do this another is how take. i drink yeah. things we gotta see see the pepsi symbol yeah um well the only other thing i really had to talk about and i feel like i bring it up in every episode fuck is the portrayal of the female characters so not great if we're gonna talk about the teacher i did not appreciate that um way of portraying that character the mom kind of came across as pretty shrill and like mean. And then like the only other women you had were in the nightclub really. And there was that one girl that was like, was it Asia? Um, who was like helping him. That ended up with Shaq at the end. Mm-hmm. And ended up with Shaq, which oh, yeah. I have a lot of questions moving forward about that. Like, does he have a social security number? I'm thinking, no, <laughs> like, how does he, how does he fit into society as someone that moved here, you know, six years ago, it's like, hmm. I he can we'll blend there, in. Do y'all understand the end of this film at all? Because I don't. No. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> that that shot of Max was way too long. Of him smiling <laughs> yes. at Shaq walk away. I'm like, cut away from me. <laughs> yes, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I don't understand the end of this film. I feel like it was so 90s. It was just like, anyway, <laughs> I have homework tomorrow. And I'm like, I, my, what the <laughs> My mom and soon-to-be stepdad are going to let me drink this <laughs> chocolate milk off the sewer. <laughs> the floor. I thought about that, too. An open chocolate milk that's yeah. just sitting there in New York City. Oh, this, Is it meant to be New York? I think so. Yeah, I think so. The Bronx. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Drink it, honey. That looks appetizing. Yeah. Also, could easily not be chocolate milk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just never know. But, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so the women um, didn't didn't love them did you guys have any thoughts like the teacher was particularly offensive i don't know why i just felt like they really did that actress dirty like the way she was just like squinting and and then the mom i was like fuck this kid's a real troublemaker she's it's funny like the older i get the more i find myself siding with the parents like shit (laughs) crossed over that line now i was like yeah absolutely he should be grounded whereas you know 
in the 90s we would have been like god his mom is so mean <laughs> i caught myself doing the same thing just a different like um scenario so when he fell through all the buildings when the kids were chasing him at first yeah. and he hits the mattress all this dust flies up I'm, i go man that air quality in there has got to be terrible and i'm like david are you fucking kidding me yeah. like when you were a kid like you were sitting back and enjoying this. You weren't watching a dust cloud and thinking to yourself, <laughs> yeah. this is bad air quality. I don't know. It's just like a funny, uh, like, you know, thought I caught. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i the opposite of y'all. I was like, I was in my kid brain nice. through this whole situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking about, it does feel like it was, <laughs> there were aggressively little women in this in this movie like the whole like the kids that are, are messing with him there's this it's there's no it's all boys it's all boys you know I, we do have his mom we have the the kind of love interest for Shaq, but i like forgot she was there until the end mm-hmm. um and i was also wondering did she know max like i feel like they never showed a scene where they interacted but they showed showed us no, a scene she, where she cared no, about him yeah yeah she had so that much investment out. in this child that she just met yeah. why is max upset how do you know max yeah <laughs> yeah um what else guys what else jumped out at you at this uh this rob i liked the time of it it wasn't like too long which felt good but i do agree david there were a couple of shots that like <laughs> were they stretching the movie out by like five seconds like why are they holding on this contractually pepsi's like i need an hour 32 yeah <laughs> otherwise it's not yeah. this commercial yet yeah. um oh i have a question for you guys if you had three wishes mm. right now mm. what would you wish for eddie you, you kick it off right this moment and then, I'm, and then um, I'm gonna steal i'm gonna steal two of yours probably <laughs> I, I you know i wish if i had any wish wishes i would get i would wish that I was this person in Altadena who won the, the lottery. Two billion dollars. Yeah. I'd take that. That's cool. Number two, my dog has a lot of energy, so I would wish that someone would come and walk her for free oh. sometimes. Um, and three, I would like to know why this cassette tape was worth a million dollars in 1996. <laughs> That's what I wish I knew. But that's Ooh, love those wishes. That's David, it. what yeah. would you wish for? I mean, I was thinking about this during the movie and uh, Paris, I'm glad you did that because I was thinking about asking you guys that as well. But um, probably like, um, and it's going to not sound cheesy, but like people in my family. Um, so mental illness, I'd probably be like, is there a cure, like a pill that people could take that would just equalize their brain? Kind of probably... Probably some sort of money on the selfish side. And then I'm going to be that guy who sets the genie free with that third one. Mm. I'm like, you know what? You're done here. You did your thing. Mm. I got two. You get, you know, you get your own. I'm going to let you, You, I'm going to let you you, go. You, you rescued someone. You freed someone. That's nice. What about you? I think mine would be altruistic. I, you know, I get really emotional sometimes about like people being awful to animals. So I feel like I would want to like end human and animal suffering. I don't know if that's, do you guys ever do that thing where you like think of the wish and then you're like, but what's the repercussion? And then it's like, there's no more human and animal suffering, but like the planet just like explodes or something, (laughs) you know, like I fucked up. Yeah. We all all live in like a pod. Or something like yeah. that. And, we like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, or uh, what's it called? When you evolve, like we just evolve into these blobs because there's no reason <laughs> to like eat things and whatever. But anyway, I think I would, yeah, I would try to do some altruistic things. David, I didn't even think of releasing the genie. Now I feel bad, but I feel you like should. I need three you of should, my wishes. You should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I would want a lot of money to 
you know, help people and buy things, obviously, selfishly. I think we all want that. And then I would wish that I could teleport, I think. Mm. I don't know if there's a real, if that's, if I'm allowed to like ask for something that's like not like physically possible, but God, I love traveling. And if I mm. could, I would just, you know, walk into a Paris street right now and that get some a, kind of delicious dessert. That is a great one. I'm going to swap my money one out for teleportation. <laughs> okay. Cause that Stealing. like, and then so Kazam's rules, I think you could get away with that one. Cause he was saying mm-hmm. what, like, uh, nothing ethereal, so like you couldn't like love, um, couldn't meet God for the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like he would give you teleportation because he was doing Maybe. stuff like that. Or I could be like, I wish for you to invent a perfectly safe teleportation machine that I can use, you know, mm. or something. Or I mean, a private jet also would be fine. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I mean, if the, if the telepo- if he was like, nah, I really like that's magic. I can't do that. I'd be like, fine. After I said I wanted to like help people, I was like, then I'll be really selfish and I'll get a private jet. It'd be great. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm switching out the dog for the teleportation. I want my dog if I can teleport. That's cool. Okay, so where do you okay, go? Wow. Yeah, where are we going? Yeah. We can all we can uh, travel together. Ideas. So the rules of the genie in this movie were: it, you couldn't raise the dead, you couldn't like make somebody fall in love. The ethereal thing, I feel like that's pretty standard genie law, right? Like there wasn't anything surprising. The surprising thing was when he was like, "That was a perfect wish," and now something, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> Line, I, 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 yeah. I, I don't. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I just don't. I feel like the rules weren't explained at the beginning, and like if I had known, sure. <laughs> page Thank eighty. God. Page eighty two. It says he he gets free if uh, yeah. he, if he does something nice for Max's death. That's, that's genie, really that's genie law. You know what was bugging me? How they were shitting on gins, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't believe in gins, but you are a magic genie." <laughs> That bugged me. Excellent point. Yeah. Um, that That's what bugged you? Not the fact that he lived in a boot box? Or that it was Shaq? I mean, he had multiple he had different houses. Accent? He had multiple different houses over time. But it's like, you are a, you are a genie, right? You can do all this magic stuff, and you're just going to shit on the gins, right? Which he became at the end. Yeah. He had to have something to aspire to, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Were y'all impacted by that, like, guttural scream at the beginning of the film? when he was his lamp was falling over that like like right after the credits yeah it was a lot it was like Shaq in pain and it i didn't like it yeah i know i had to turn my volume down because none of these fucking movies are sound controlled and like my neighbors are gonna murder me (laughs) because it sounds like someone's just screaming all the time in my apartment uh yeah i guess i hate to hear people in pain look it's it's great acting from Shaq. if that was Shaq's scream good times good job good job Good job. Uh, I was also going to ask you guys. So, like, I love when a movie ends and then, like, you just go away and then you're like, what happens tomorrow? You know, like, Shaq slash the genie wakes up tomorrow in this random (laughs) girl's bed. (laughs) He's got no job. He's got no bank account, no social security. He has one pair of clothes that he's currently wearing. Like, Talk me through, like, I would, what's going on. I would watch this movie if you were in Paris. <laughs> Should I write <laughs> yeah, it? Kazam, like the, the Kazam, day after the, day the genie, after. like, gets free. Just call it Kazam the day after. Yeah. And then he's Maybe like, you should yeah. do Kazam 30 years later, and now he's How like. How about Kazam, you guys? Just add an E on the <laughs> back of it. Kazam. And he's like. Pepsi 2. Yeah. He's like, he's Shaq's age now, so he's 60. He's got, like, a bunch of kids. But, yeah. like, he's... No, I mean, seriously, like, what's the plan here? Does he still have magic? And also, why is she so into him? Like, 
He's got no job. He's got no clothes. He's got no car. And I don't know if you guys caught this, um, but was she not into him when she was had to do it for like her boss? Because it felt yeah. like she wasn't into him. She was like kind of shitting on what he brought to the table when they had their date. I think she just didn't want to be used anymore. And she was kind of like pushing that him away. Sense. And she was all hurt. Yeah. I, I will say I like her um, tall slander because as a five, six person, you know, it, we just. Oh, she a, was. I feel like she was saying, um, she was telling, the guy was telling her to like go after him. He was like, she was essentially saying he's only bringing height to the relationship. And I'm like, you know what? We need a little bit of Tulsa. You know what? That's actually, yeah, that is real news. Like women out here trying to say, only want a tall guy. Like it's short King summer. I mean, I guess it's technically autumn, but you know. Short King decade. Short King forever like yeah i'll give y'all props man y'all could come to the table we'd, we'd never we're not the ones trying to keep y'all down the short kings right yeah david you look tall to me that's you, the, like we, i don't know why but we uh it's, Big ass it's not us it's not us it's the it's the ladies that are that are making oh. the height thing between I'm us not I'm a lady, and i'm saying it's bullshit i'm with you yeah, I, you're you're one yeah. of the good ones you can't you can't get away with being tall and having no personality which i kind of feel like she was saying that to Shaq, but then Whatever she like brought him home. I thought I thought well, Max's mom was gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like can he go? He can still perform, right? Like he has a following. I don't know. That's now. what I'm saying. I'm like, what is? Oh, the rapping. Yeah, he's a rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but you're I, right. You know, I forgot about I forgot about his side hustle. You're right. <laughs> his SoundCloud. Well, he's also um, a gin, so he can. Sound. He still has magic. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if he still has magic, then like we can talk because. Yeah. I'd be very happy if, like, I fucking hate cooking dinner. I have to, like, deal with dinner after this. Imagine just being like, this is what I want. And then it, he just clicks his fingers. Like, immediately, sure, you can live here for free. That's fine. I don't think he has magic, though. He, like, turned into the Teletubby son. And then he, <laughs> I assume that his powers were, like, No, because a, a, a jinn has uh, free will to use their power. So it, it's up to them how they use it. That's what he was saying. Well, like what a gin was, and that's why he didn't believe it or whatever. And that's when he gave him the sewer shitty chocolate milk, the poo milk. Yeah. But why is he stressed about a job? You don't need a job. No, I'm stressed. I'm saying, where will you be every day? Do not just stay in the house. Like, go do something. But he was too. He said because his last line, I think, was "I gotta gotta get get a job," job. which stung a little bit. That felt a little racially charged. Oh, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Like white tee and blue jeans, and then it, it didn't lady. feel right. Yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I, I had a tinge of that as well. I did. I actually will admit that I forgot that he said that because I was probably like halfway checked out. Because I was like, <laughs> when is this movie ending? But that is a bit racially. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he has his magic though. I, I gotta double okay. check, but I think he has the gin. Was it's like free will now to use it when he wants. Okay, so then if you're a gin with magic, what job do you do? If you both were like gins and you could do any job and have magic, like. Go ahead. I don't. I don't have a job. I'm a gin. I just. I make food for for my wife. Uh-huh. I make it appear. Um, so you're a stay at home husband. That's a job. I'm probably flying around. Honestly, you yeah. Know? Yeah. If you I'm, t- I'm teleporting. I'm so. a. I mean, I'd, I'd still. I'd act, and then I'd also have a, a prank show. Because how easy would that be? <laughs> Did that was that spit take? That spit take? <laughs> Almost. Yes. Oh damn. Okay. Uh, that would be my first one. Um, but yeah, I would just like how easy would that to be like punked or you know any kind of, any kind of show if you had magic. 
I feel like I'd go be a doctor. Like, imagine if you had okay, magic and that's a, that's a someone's just, you're like, hey, nurse, look over there. And then you just like, <laughs> and like fix a liver. You're like, oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, you, uh... I feel like somebody needs to write the script. Maybe I'll do I know. <laughs> I mean, after. Yeah. like I said, Kazamed. And yeah, he's just, maybe they like don't have sex anymore. She's always like pissed at him for leaving the socks out of the hamper, you know, just like everyday life. And then he goes to his deli job and he's like, the best sandwich in New York. <laughs> I'm so stuck. Jack might anyway. be down. Yeah, nobody's still my idea. Uh, well, we're getting a little long in the tooth, my loves. So, Eddie, before we do all the things that we usually do, I wanted to see if you had any advice for people who were maybe interested in moving into producing either podcasting or tv um obviously your career has spanned many different facets what's a piece of advice you could give to somebody listening that would want to uh you know make some changes in their lives oh that's a great it's a great excellent question you know i i think we're in a time where it's like they feel like some of these kind of workshops fellowships things like that are actually impacting and, and getting people kind of funneled into the into the industry in a certain way. I'm I'm helping out on a panel that's like talking to folks about producing. It's it's a workshop over the next couple months. Justice for my sister, which is a really great organization. Shout out to them. Um, but they're kind of helping folks figure out how to write their first pilot and or if they are interested in the um, producing route, they can help produce somebody else's project. So shout out to them. But I, yeah, I think it's like I think it's that podcasting. My only advice is like, just do it. And I think you... David and I can attest to that. We completely taught ourselves during the pandemic, um, thanks to YouTube videos. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I am I told you all this before, but I'm a super fan of the of the show. And it's like, <laughs> it's really fun to be on here. Y'all did like five of my favorite movies in the last seven episodes or something. Oh, my oh, God. Nice. Um, we're just so good at... Pay- I mean, there's, there's just such a plethora of content to cover, really. It's true. So... Thank you for bringing Kazam to my attention because legitimately had no fucking clue that this existed. Yeah, she I said don't... Kazam that you request you wanted to do, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm excited for that. I cool. hadn't I... even thought about Kazam. When we ask our guests to recommend something, because then you get, you know, like yeah, something. That... I, I'm waiting. I really want to do Flubber. I'm waiting for mm. a guest to like suggest that. There's movies, you know, Space Jam was very nostalgic. Obviously, this one I missed. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that we did it because now I feel like I need to go watch all of Shaq's movies to be fair. He, Is it just he, the two? No, he did, done a lot. he did Steel. Steel. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah. I know Blue Chips was his first one. So yeah. Yeah. Shaq's got 78 <laughs> acting credits. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Seven. That's a lot of credits. That's more than some people that we've, uh, looked at, you know, who've had like prolific, he, he was in the uh, he was in the house bunny. Oh shit! I totally yeah. forgot about that. We did that movie. Um, I do want to quickly say something uh, about Francis Capra, the guy who played Max. He looks very different. Now. Oh, I was hoping you'd bring that up. Yeah, there's no no shade, no judgment, but he was like the cutest little kid. And the picture I'm looking at on his IMDb, he has like two face tattoos, Veronica, which is fine. Veronica Mars, right, was the most recent thing. Yeah, that he was in. But uh, Bronx Tale is a fantastic movie. If neither of you have seen it, I don't know that one. I've seen it. I, I feel like I had to choose between that or Goodfellas for some reason, and I chose Goodfellas. Okay. Um, maybe that's not true, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I saw my allegiance. Yeah. I can never go back. Yeah. 
but no thanks so much for coming on the show eddie um where can people like find you do you have like social media obviously remind people where to listen to your podcast that you produce so the one that we are i have one that's kind of on hiatus it's called finding our way go back to the archives i think it's a it's a really it's really kind of intimate conversations with folks who are organizers and artists and writers and and all these things um kind of talking about the state of the world how we breathe is the one that's i think folks should go and listen to that one is kind of talking to organizers on the ground uh kind of working on policy work working on voter suppression working on the environment but really talking about where they come from what pushed them towards it and following their trajectory into the work they're doing now so not like the celebrity folks it's the folks on the ground so and I, you can find me at eddie ray e-d-d-i-e-r-h-e-a on instagram watch me and my dog yay nice. we love a dog yeah we do yeah and you've obviously mentioned so many great things um in this episode i love hearing what people are reading how they're educating themselves you know how they're being a public conversation so i will definitely be checking out that book you mentioned and giving your podcast a listen thanks for giving us your time but we do have to give some shout outs to the cast or crew so I have my personal, so I'll go first. So I'm going to shout out Mick Strawn, who is art department for this film. I think we can all agree, Pepsi Max or Pepsi <laughs> product placement aside, <laughs> some of the sets were really fun, specifically when the, the junk food rained down, when he fell through the the floor. That was really fun. I feel like every set was, um yeah, it just looked really cool. Mick has done a bunch of movies. He did Blade, which I've never seen. I should watch that. Uh, I know. Bad. Boogie Nights, which I've also never seen, but have been meaning to see. He did some Buffy the Vampire. Just like a bunch of things. So, yeah. He is crushing it. So, Mick, for your contribution, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. All right. Who have you got, Mr. Eddie? You know, I really decided who my person was going to be in that scene where they, they're walking down the street, Shaq rounds the corner, and he's wearing like this purple shirt and like these really bright blue pants. And I was like, costuming did some so good, some amazing work on this. Costume designed by Hope Hannafin. Mm, Hope. Yes. Uh, Hope on her IMDb. She's, she did 500 Days of Summer great movie she did the newsroom and most recently she did the patient which i just started last night so i'm excited to to see her work again is that hulu patient yeah patient mm-hmm. okay. steve carell okay. yeah oh i love steve um well hope for your contribution we see you and we appreciate you see you and we appreciate you david okay i went with julia frey and she is in visual effects. She was the visual effects producer. I thought some of the stuff uh, held up decently, right? When he yeah, was shooting out of his bad. hands, when he got on the bike and he took off and was flying around. So I thought that stuff kind of held up. She worked on Speed, uh, Contact, which is a great movie, uh, Master and Commander, White House Down. So it's a decent amount of visual effects credits and a few producer credits and julia frey we see you and we appreciate you thanks for your contribution contribution (laughs) we see you and we appreciate you um all right guys well this is the part of the podcast where we have to decide if this milk has stayed fresh or if it has gone bad in the mind fridge of our minds so who wants to go first david show us how it's done let's hear it let me just cut stretch here i'm gonna say this movie aged 
Like a Nubian goat eye milk. Mmm, <laughs> Nubian goat eye milk. <laughs> what does that mean? Explain. That means, okay, this, this movie is like, yeah, in some cases, it's a delicacy, whatever circles you may be in. But for me... <laughs> I was I was old girl in the back of that limo like nah I'm good here because <laughs> it didn't really hold up that well for me, all right. Other people are licking their fingers. I'm sitting like uh not so much. A little little bit of cringy for me in certain areas. Love Shack. Love everything he does in the community. I like tear up sometimes when I see his Walmart like can't go find a bike things like that. Uh, Rock. I saw Shack. that one David where he's like. Go ask your mom if I can buy your bike. Yeah, Another one? Oh, yeah, crying, yeah. Sure. he does so much stuff like that. Um, and just, he's huge heart. And he's just an amazing guy. So I appreciate every, everything he's brought, you know, happiness in my life, all that good stuff. But my man, this is like the one thing that I think <laughs> aids like milk a little bit in your history. Um, so that's my take. All right. What do you think, Eddie? Fresh or no good? I think this aged like American cheese. You know, it's like it's spoiled milk, essentially. But it's still a classic. People it, still love to buy it. It's yes, you know, like it's still I had like I said, watching it, I had a I had a good time. And I, maybe I need to talk to my inner child about it, but um I still co-sign Shaq okay. for all the things. I love that. Good take. I'm going to say this movie aged like a cup of hot chocolate that I found <laughs> on the ground outside a fire that just took place that I survived. Um, and by that, I mean that it is certainly a treat to see it on the ground. Like a little, ooh, what is that? It's up to you if you want to drink it. For me, I did drink it and I was like, something else is in here and it's not good so uh you know take the gamble i think maybe you see a white guy owning a genie and he's a man of color and you go hmm i think this milk might be a bit disgusting but you try it anyway and then you find out it's not just the that it's the other things um so yeah that's my that's my two cents on this film so i think it's a bit aged so we've got we've got two against one so eddie thinks it holds up david and i are saying yeah he said it aged i don't want to speak for you but uh, uh, i'll let you, let you yeah i don't i'm not i'm not telling anybody to watch this film <laughs> i'm <laughs> saying you should absolutely watch I think, it I, definitely I people i think people should that. people should i'm watch saying this, it's watch aged but yeah. i'm not i'm not it's, mad that he'll still eat it. I mean, if you got Disney Plus, watch it, right? Yeah, free. why not? Check I out. mean, I definitely, I'm with you guys. It's a three for three on the shack is the best. You know, <laughs> he's the best part of this movie. He's hilarious. I feel like even as an actor, like he's just so physical and I just would like giggle when he would do like the, like just move. I'd be like, oh my God, Shaq is so hilarious because he's so huge. Can you imagine being um, on set? It's like, Shaq, just, just move around. <laughs> oh, yeah. we love it. He's amazing. Yeah. It, also his face I think maybe because it's just such a huge head like his face is so expressive I don't know um, but yes no it's good times well Eddie we so appreciate you being on the podcast like I said um, you'll have to come back and join us soon we are approaching our 100th episode and hoping to keep it going strong so you know thanks for being in our top 100 episodes yeah, yeah. thank you 
Yeah. Um, but that's it for now. And David, you should just go ahead and check your fridge. Make sure that milk ain't spoiled. It's gross. Milk is gross. That's our show. Follow Eddie, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.